0: Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the One Broke Actress Podcast slash YouTube. This is an honest account of actor life, plus a few lessons I learned in the process. I am your host, Sam Valentine. (laughs) Sam... Valentine, if I could say my own name, this is your first indication, by the way, that it is not my usual podcast recording time. If you're watching this on YouTube, it is evening time. It's about 7pm and I am shot. I am exhausted. The last thing I was like, I want to do, I want to go home and I want to eat dinner and I want to go to bed. The last thing I really wanted to do tonight was record a podcast. But sometimes when you make a commitment to something creative, You have to do it even when it's not as enjoyable as you wish it was. And tonight's one of those nights and I need to get this podcast recorded. So we trudge on through. Before we get started today, we're doing a little bit different format of an episode. But I just want to say, by the time this podcast airs, it's been a few weeks since the big deadline headlines of actors getting really upset about casting directors, charging for self tapes, but casting being like, that's not what that was, or that's not us, or this is a certain person. I didn't at the time feel like adding my voice to the mix. Because sometimes when there's so many voices going on, the last thing I really think that the world maybe needs is mine. I sometimes step away when things get intense. I do the same thing. A lot of times when big political things happen or in big tragedies happen, I need a lot of like self-coping time. And if you're anything like me, you know exactly what I mean by that. So when this all hit, I was like, I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to read any more articles. I'm just, I'm just kind of sad. And I'm not sad in a way I think is typical. What makes me sad is that everyone, in my opinion, that I know in this space who is doing good things, which is... By the way, like a vast majority, they're doing the best that they can. Sure, sometimes it's not what we want it to look like. But I think a lot of people in the world right now, and especially in this business, are functioning out of fear, are functioning out of a scarcity mindset, are functioning out of afraid of the unknown, or will things ever go back to the way I liked it? And when you're functioning out of fear, it's very easy to get. Upset. And I mean, I'm an actor. I function out of fear all the time. So I know this quite well. It's very easy to have an emotional reaction. And that's why when those big things happen, I tend to like stand back and like not send any emails or I try not to say anything because I've learned my lesson in the past because I haven't done that. And then I've regretted the way in which I proceeded onward. So I just want to say that like when people are functioning out of fear, we don't always get across the message we want to get across. And I strongly believe that all of the actors who were speaking are speaking because they feel slighted. And I also strongly believe that all of the casting directors who were offended or hurt or bothered were speaking because they felt extremely hurt too. I also believe that being involved in SAG, which by the way, is something I just started doing like last year. this is very new. I tried to get on the women's committee. I was on the women's committee before COVID and then COVID. And it was like, there's no committees. I do not think SAC is perfect. I do not think anybody's anything is perfect. But I do think that when you start to attend meetings and go to things like the W&Ws, you learn what is being fought for, for us. And when you take the time to get to know casting directors and get to know people inside of this business, you learn that they are... Not a part of the problem. They also want things to be easier for them and for us. And so, whether or not you agree with me or disagree with me, I totally understand. But I just want you to check yourself and ask yourself if you're responding out of fear or if you are responding because you truly want to fix something. And if you're a union actor and you haven't yet been to like a W&W meeting or if you haven't tried to use the sag After foundation facilities, I would highly recommend that as a place to start when you do feel that impetus for change. To me, that is more powerful, like actually putting time and energy behind something is much more powerful than, than commentary. And I know mean, that's ironic because I'm commentating right now, but I'm doing my best to show up in these spaces and to try not to function out of fear and try to find the things that I can help make better. That being said, yes, there are some problematic things going on in the world and in our business and it's all so new. This same vitriol and discourse happened, for those of you who've been in this business for a minute, in 2012 when the casting director workshop scandal happened when people went undercover and busted some casting directors for whatever their definition was at the time. I do not remember the details. I am not historic reference. I am not your guru, but something to the effect of casting directors were, you know, doing a little pay for play in that meaning like come to my workshop and maybe I'll bring you in for an audition. And there was some alluding to, if not direct access of that kind of stuff. And that is a big fat no, no. I think some of them also might've gotten in trouble for like borderline things, which like We've all hit some borderline points in this career because there's no rules, but there are rules in place for that. So yeah, so the same like energy happened then. And some people were on the side of the issue where they were like, how are we going to meet casting if we can't go to casting director workshops and like, it's never going to work this way. And then other people were like, I'm so mad because we should not have to pay to audition. And it feels very similar to what we're going through now. And we got past that. By the time this podcast airs, maybe we've gotten past this. But I have to function out of thinking that everyone's doing the best they can. Okay, that was much longer than I anticipated to talk about that. But what I wanted to do today, take a gentle little shift here, was a a kind of like gentle throwback episode. And I want to check myself. Speaking of checking your sources, what I have pulled up is an old blog post. Because if you guys don't know, One Broke actress started as a blog and it morphed into a podcast later. And the blog posts still go up often. I actually have quite a few on there from the last couple of months. But I have some old ones on there. And every once in a while, someone will reach out to me and reference one of my old blog posts. And I don't remember necessarily what I said because I wrote it years ago. And so we're going to do a little read through and check in to see if I believe the same things I said when I wrote this blog post. So some things to keep in mind is that like, I wanted to start this platform when I didn't know as much. I think that was the point of this was to put myself out there when I wasn't further on in my career, put myself out into the world when I was experiencing things I was experiencing, because if they were true for me, then they were true. That's why I didn't speak about others as often. It's like kind of taking me until this point in my career to share that kind of knowledge. I can't guarantee that everything I said then is something I still believe now maybe because I'm at a different point in my career, maybe because I'm at a different point in my life, or maybe because I now have a lot of experience of working with other actors in the Patreon groups, in all of the different meetings, the working Act workshop and all of those things. There's a lot more of myself with others and not just myself. I have also learned a lot of views that had nothing to do with my upbringing since then. I have progressed as a human, I would like to think. So we're going to read this old blog post and see if it stands up and if I still think it's true. I tried to find one that wasn't super time specific because you guys know that anything happened before 2020 is like no longer relevant. So I found one that says little acting admin tasks we forget about. So I thought we could get some tangible takeaways here. I'm just going to read through this. I have, I literally just clicked on it. I have not looked at this probably since I wrote it and we're going to, we're going to read it together. So here it goes. I'm going to read my own writing back. God knows we're going to find a lot of spelling errors. Okay, this is from June 21st, 2018. Set the scene. 2018, I was... Ooh, 2018 was a weird year. I had still not had a theatrical agent. I had booked like maybe one television role. It was two years into the Trump presidential election. It was a bit of a dark time, and I don't think I really felt like my career was taking off. Not that I really feel that today, just to be clear. I was in a different mindset and mentality, and I think I was looking for things that I could share that would be relevant even if I maybe wasn't booking, which is all of us. So the cute thing is, just to describe it, if you guys are on the YouTube, you can see the picture I have included, but if you're on the podcast, it's my old desk, which is in the corner of this exact room was in the corner of this exact room that I have now. It's so small. I have a desk behind me and I covered it with striped wallpaper. So it would look cute on camera (laughs) because I was so worried about looking like a cute blogger. And I tried to make it look organized. I can see, oh my gosh, there's so much stuff going on in this photo. There's sides from an old audition. I probably had Caleb take this picture of me. It's just like a lot of stuff behind me that I no longer own. That computer probably died shortly after that super cute. That's probably an iPhone, what, like eight? I think that's an iPhone eight. not, right. Let's see. As I am working with a coach currently, oh, I linked it. What did I link to? Oh, I linked to another article. Oh, and the link still works. God. Love it. Okay. As I am working with a coach currently, he is giving me occasional homework assignments. I love this for a lot of reasons. A main one being that oftentimes our acting careers can feel so out of our hands. So having small tangible tasks to accomplish just makes things that much easier and puts that micro amount of power back into your hands. Okay. So far I'm into this. I like what I'm saying. Sounds accurate. I think the coach I was working with at that time was Brian Pitaka, actually. Most recently, I was given a lot of small tasks to do online, most of which I had totally forgotten to do over the last year or so, or had just figured wasn't important. Took a whole lot of computer time, by the way. Shout out to Vanderpump Rules Season 6 for getting me through it. But getting these done has been a huge relief just knowing my package is one step closer to ready at the time it's needed. Okay, just to double check, Vanderpump Rules season now. Okay, they're on season 10. Oh, so this was four seasons of Vanderpump Rules ago, by the way. That's one of my favorite reality shows. If you guys are not Vanderpump Rules fans, I am. Okay, here is a list of what I got done in case you wanna check in on your own shit. Ugh, look at me being progressive and having curse words in here. Number one. Deleted my old photos on all sites, Actors Access, LA Casting. They don't make it easy. You have to call them. I know. So very 1995. (laughs) This is so true. I really don't have a great time typically interacting with LA Casting. And if someone from there would like to come on the show and teach me how to better use their website. I keep that invitation open. And my own site. Ooh, deleted old photos on Actors Access, LA Casting, and my own site. Oh, I had a website. We'll come back to that. This keeps your shit streamlined. So you have lots of looks, but of the same person, if that makes sense. Also make sure you have slate shots on your actors access photos. So important for submission rankings. Okay. I picked the perfect one to dissect because I will get in on this. Okay. Firstly, I do think it's good to remove old photos. You can hide them on actors access and you can hide them on LA casting. If You want to actually delete them off of LA casting. They do make it a little more complicated. You have to actually call them and say which specific photos you would like. I think you might be able to email them now, but it's it, it truly is still very 1995. However, I no longer have an actor website. I actually don't think, and hold to your thoughts here, I don't think you need an actor website unless you are someone who sells tickets to things or has events or you just enjoy having a website. I don't have one anymore because mine never was really updated. It looked very green. It was so so like unorganized. I'll put a screenshot of my old actor website here in the YouTube video, but it just didn't do me any favors. Putting all of my things, my package into a very succinct and easy to follow Google Drive before I had a up to date IMDb Pro or Now, I would just use my actor's access link when messaging reps or when people say, send me your stuff. That's what I do instead. It's cheaper, it's easier, and it's cleaner. And I will tell you, I especially stopped having an actor website when I talked to casting. And so many people told me I will never look at an actor website because I don't know how to navigate it. When I'm on an actor's access link, I know exactly where to go. I know exactly how it's formatted. When I'm on IMDb Pro, same thing. Unlike an actor website where we kind of just do random shit with it. Like, oh, this this links to this and this is my resume page. But like look down here for my contact info. It gets a little messy. And so for me, it was just no longer worth the money. I still own samvalentine.net. Because samvalentine.com belongs, I think, to a comic book company last time I checked. But I reroute it to my IMDb page, which is very easy to do on any of the sites. I think I use GoDaddy. It's no longer something I deal with. I think sometimes they really do make you look green. If you're a theater actor, that's a whole different bag of worms. I don't know that life these days anymore very much. So check in with people in that business. Also, if you enjoy having a website and you like running it and it makes you happy and like, go with God, have your website. But when I wrote this article, clearly I had one and I no longer think it's necessary. I also say in that sentence, make sure you have slate shots on your actors access photos. I no longer have slate shots on anything on actors <laughs> access. And technically, yes, when casting does get a list of actors who submitted to a project, the people who have footage, so any sort of clips or media and a slate shot, are automatically weighted to the top. However, as an actor who no longer goes out for non-union work, who no longer goes out for student films, I am not worried about being in the top few people because if somebody wants to see my stuff, they're going to get to me on those pages, I believe, because casting can toggle it however they want to. And I don't believe casting is going to skip over people for jobs that have been submitted to them because I wasn't in the first five people who submitted. Sure. Sometimes, maybe every once in a while that happens. But from what I hear from casting directors, most of the time, the slate shots you upload to Actors Access, I think it's $5 a photo because they attach to your headshots as a little like slate shot clickable thing. From what I have heard from people on the other side of things, they don't really care about slate shots. I think that they look kind of silly anyway, when you're asking me to tape, I'm going to include a slate if you ask for one. So I no longer have slate shots, personal opinion, like just like the website, if you love a slate shot, you get your slate shot. Okay, you get it. All right, moving on with this article, updated resume, special skills, training, etc. on all sites above. So they matched each other. I realized half my resumes were missing some of my newest credits. So I would recommend my site over my IMDB to people I met but you never know who will be Googled. So I have that shit on lock. So it's the same. Clean, concise, and up-to-date everywhere. I think that's good advice. Like I said, still no website, but I think it's good advice for you to have everything up-to-date and to request your IMDB credits that you have aired. Especially if it's a smaller project, you definitely have to go in there and request because they will not remember to put you in. I think that's, that's pretty good advice. Yeah. I also always recommend my IMDB to people I randomly meet or I send them my Actors Access link. And when I say this, if you don't know what I'm talking about, if you go to your Actors Access page and you go to Manage, you can go to Custom Link and you can get a custom link that is your Actors Access custom link and that you can send to any reps, any people. That's like a very succinct way to send your stuff and be in charge of what it shows. I checked my IMDb as well, period. My resume, known for and agent contact info are all up to date to have them listed. Okay, so I reorganized my IMDb, I think is what I meant there. Also, make sure you have all your credits, if not request them. Fabulous. Yes, that is what I just said. And I agree. When I say request them, there is an exact way linked to the IMDb help page, how to request your credits. Great. Old blogger Sam got it. Okay. Submitting myself. Oh, we're going to talk about this. Okay. Submitting myself. What the fuck is the point of all these sites? And cast, C-A-Z-T, cast in Hollywood, etc. RIP. If we're not using them, yes, you may have reps submitting you, but there's a lot they may not submit for. Mine, for example, don't submit for ultra low budget work, which is fine for them, but there is a lot of good indie projects out there, especially as summer season gets a little dry, it's important to be on top of what is available. End the article and saying, and then pour yourself a drink and log the fuck out. Cause we all know we didn't get in this business to stare at a screen all damn day. It's true. We didn't join this business to stare at a screen. Ironically, I'm staring at a screen, but now with a microphone, here is what I feel about this. So let's talk about self-submitting. I am now at a place in my career where my reps request that I do not self-submit. I am completely fine with this. <laughs> However, in 2018, I should have been self submitting Absolutely, freaking lutely I should be self-submitting. What is the difference now? The difference is I have a theatrical agent who I know for sure Anytime I've seen something and sent to her, she'll say, already pitched this. Every single time it happens. I have managers who understand my casting and we're in constant conversation about what's right and what's not. And also something that is not like a super likable sentence, but I am at a place in my career where I am no longer doing student films or unpaid work. And if I'm doing an ultra low budget project, it's because the script is really good and it's footage I want to do, or I really love the people making it. And I really love the role. That is kind of my delineating factor at this point in my career. It took a long time to get here. And also, I'm not saying I'm going to be in this position indefinitely. I'm not saying I'm never going to do a student film again what the fuck do I know? I might end up doing a student film in a year. This is where you get into that, like never say never territory. If you guys listen to Dana Powell's podcast episode, she talked about in the pandemic, doing a 24 hour film festival. And she was like, my career is so far past this. I would never have thought to do this, but she loved it. And it really checked her creative box. So there's always space that that might end up happening. But at this point in time, it is not something I am actively searching for. I have other ways. I check my creative box. Now I'm really specific about where I put my actor energy. And I'm going to do an upcoming podcast episode with you guys about how I've transitioned from ongoing classes to coaching and how that feels and kind of you know where my training is at at this point. So if you guys have questions about that, please drop them on my latest Instagram. But for right now, I am not self-submitting and I am completely fine with that. If I had reps who didn't really ask about that if I had never had that conversation with them. It's a great conversation to have, by the way. I highly recommend everyone does it. So there might be a world in which one day I go back to self-submitting to look for new and different and interesting work. And sometimes there's really great shit on there. It's definitely a place you need to be, especially if you are unrepped, especially if you are non-union, especially if you are in the beginning stages of your career. This is where you get your work. This is where I booked all of my first jobs. And I could not be where I am today if I wasn't self-submitting and doing it. And also I learned a lot about characters and breakdowns and I saved people's names and I remembered projects from self-submitting. And so I think it's an essential part of this journey. It's just not one I'm currently partaking in. There was something else I said that I thought was really funny in there. Cast and cast in Hollywood. If you're new, you don't know these places. But if you've been auditioning in LA for a minute, those are very popular older places that I I think, I think both of them closed in the pandemic, which is really sad. But they were places that also had self-submissions. So you could submit to the projects that were casting there. It was super odd. Like cast was right by the DMV and you would go in and you would sign in from your phone and that at the time, I know I'm sounding really old right now, but it was revolutionary that there was not a sign-in sheet, but I would always be annoyed because it felt like another step. It's so funny to think. Makes me feel old in this business. But on the whole, I will say, I think there's a lot of good information in this article. I think a lot of it is more about where I'm at in my career now versus then necessarily, but I do think that these are good tasks. If you are not up to date on your materials, I think having a succinct place and succinct places that you keep your things and that you send to people will help you long-term. And it's just another thing that we can really check the box, making sure these are all in order, making sure your special skills aren't 10,000 degrees above what they actually are, right? If you're going to put your professional skateboarder you best be able to do all the tricks. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, checking out on these things is totally good. And I just want to say I'm really proud of young Sam for writing this article because I think she did a good job and she did herself a service. On that note, it is time for me to also no longer be staring at a computer screen. So I'm going to pour myself sparkling water and I go to my kitchen and air fry some salmon. If you've been on my air fryer journey, it's been quite interesting. Make sure you're following in my Instagram stories, guys. I'm sharing a lot of day-to-day life at this point. And please make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube. I'm trying to do more podcasts on YouTube and add more to the videos because of it. And having you guys subscribe is really encouraging and it makes me want to do more. So I hope you guys are having a fabulous day and I will talk to you next week.